What you about to witness is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. Right or wrong. Just what I was feeling at the time. All right, welcome to another edition of Jai Time Turkeys. I'm uh, A Prince 15 on Twitter, Jai Time Turkeys on Instagram and YouTube. This episode, I'm joined by. Yo, Greasy Graham Pepper. And you, bro. where'd he go? He gone? Nah, we good. And and your and your guy that was on mute, that <laughs> Carter, that's <laughs> dot sports one on Twitter, holding it down. All right, and uh, we'll start off with the Super Bowl. Um, we are officially two days or three days away. By the time we put this out, it'll be Friday, so we'll be in the weekend. Uh, we had a bit of a scare there a little while ago, not a little while ago. The uh, Chiefs barber, team barber, I guess. Um, they pulled them mid mid haircut. Patrick Patrick Holmes was on deck, and so there's been a lot of back and forth about oh, should they begin the haircut? I mean, like we got the Deion Sanders line, like look good, feel good, play good, they pay good. So you know. I, they be getting a haircut. Like, come on, man. We I thought we was past that. Like with all the other stuff that's happening, like, no, man. That's what are you worried about a haircut for? Yeah, they can get a haircut, man. You gotta get a haircut. You gotta get a haircut to play, man. You gotta hey, man. They, they and, isn't, it, isn't it more sanitary to have a haircut? Like instead of everybody just out there sweating and dripping from the fro and the long locks and yeah, I mean, look, the Chiefs did what they they played it right, like, but like, look, man, yeah, you look good, you feel good, you play good. Like, if you're a game day routine or your game your week of game routine, like they've been telling us all year, like the routine is so that's why the Steelers were up in arms. That's why all those teams who had to move games to funny days and shit. That's why they were so up in arms. Routine, routine, routine. So if part of your routine is getting your hair cut reading your playbook, reading the plays, you, you got to keep doing it for the Super Bowl, right? The biggest game of the year. You got to go. It's not like they were, like, in the streets of Kansas City. Like, they didn't go to the summer. No, no, this is like this the is team. Team Barber. Yeah. Yeah, I blame, I blame the NFL on this one. This, this, is, this is, you got to get that squared away way before they even try to get a haircut. Like, you got to test the guy repeatedly because he ain't doing nothing else. He to test them all the time. And then when it's time for them to get a haircut, he's all squared away, and you don't have to worry about none of that. So they, saw, they, saw, they had the NBA, the NBA gave them the blueprint. The NBA gave them the blueprint. We got to talk about that later because they tripping with this all-star game, man. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's what. We'll get to the NBA. Um, in terms of the game, I, I again, I'm going with the Chiefs. Like, the, yes. The the blueprint is there. Woo. Like if the Bucks can get pressure with four, then yada yada yada. They can cover with seven. Yada yada. They got fast linebackers. Yada yada. Look, man. Look. He was down ten points in the fourth quarter the last time we was in the Super Bowl, and that was with a better defense. And they can say, well, uh, Brady will hit the throw to that Garoppolo missed. Maybe. Or maybe break uh, those three he, interceptions. You didn't hit him in the second half last week. Right. Wait those three interceptions and the game's over by, <laughs> by the, going into the fourth quarter. Like, I don't I, – I just don't 
I just don't see it. Like I just don't see the Bucks scoring enough points. They said in his losses, I forgot where I was listening. They said in Mahomes' losses, he's averaging 31 points. In his yeah. losses, since he became a starter, he puts up 31 points in a loss. That and means he's, he's got to score 35 to beat him. When he's down double digits, he still wins 80% of the time. <laughs> Do with that. You can't even, like, you going to the game, you almost don't want to get down 10 points. Like, you almost want to play the whole game where, like, look, we only up, like, no more than seven. Because some, somebody, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Dominique Foxworth was like, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. But they was like, yo, the Bills went up nine nothing, and I felt comfortable. Like, oh, the that Chiefs can win this now. That was Foxworth. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm about, I feel comfortable. They down to nothing. <laughs> they, they right in their comfort zone. And it's like. Damn, I mean, I watched the game and I felt that too. Like I saw that muff pundit wasn't like, oh, the Bills about to do something. It was more like, yeah, all right. Well, now we're about to see the Chiefs offense. It's about to be fun. And sure enough, you blink your eyes, it was 14-9. It was like, well, uh, that was fun. All right. Uh guess I should start cooking Sunday dinner because this game's a wrap. Only thing is guessing the final score. So I think we in for that with the Bucks, like. Their defense oh, no. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this game because I think, you know, the last team to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs was led by Tom Brady. And I think the blueprint is there. I don't know if the Bucks have the, the players or the personnel, but I think it's going to be a close game, man. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be relatively close. So, the only reason I say that the Chiefs are still going to win is because the Bucks are still the Bucks. Like they still, I still hey, even with Brady. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Brady's a that, like you said. They Brady threw three picks, and I know he, damn well he tried to give the game away. All Brady. You know what I mean? It's part of the play calling. It's the receivers. Is is. Everybody else. It's not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Tom Brady's the, the problem, but I think they can put up the points, actually. With everybody coming back, everybody being good. The Chiefs defense is decent, but you know, once if the if the refs actually start calling holding and you know defensive pass interference and make the Chiefs stop being rough with receivers off the line of scrimmage, then the Chiefs might be in trouble, man. Cause their defense is not that great. Problem is, I mean, Tampa the did the same thing last week, huh? Tampa just did the same thing last week to Green Bay. <laughs> no, that's what I was gonna say. Like you know, Tampa, Tampa can't cover nobody though. They can try, but they're not gonna be able to cover. So At the I end, it's probably gonna be you know, you know, last minute, and uh, you know, you know. The Chiefs just gonna run by everybody, and it's gonna be last minute big play touchdown, and then it's gonna be over. So maybe third quarter. Third quarter is probably gonna be close to third, and it'll be over. And so I, I thought about that that Patriots game, and like oddly enough, like the only reason the Patriots won is because they didn't give them the ball back. That was it. The they put up 31 in the second half. 
they scored with 30 seconds left. And that was with Bill Belichick and the Bill Belichick defense. And him and Tom Brady looked, they, they stood on the side and said, we got to win the toss and we can't give it back. Like, we just can't. I don't, we can't. And that's literally what, the, and that they decided that was the only way. And I looked at that and I was like, okay, let's look at the Bucks. The Bucks don't have as good as a defense. And their offense, while it's there, who has been in a big game of this magnitude except for Tom Brady? That's what I'm saying, man. I don't trust. And we already said Chris Godwin bring bring the drops with him. Like you, you expect me to believe in him in the biggest game of his career in the biggest lights at home, like at home, no less. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I just don't see. I mean, I do see it being a close game because the Chiefs always start off slow, Mm -hmm. but I just see. If the refs start letting, if the refs start calling like defensive holding and all that against the Chiefs, they gotta call it against the Bucks, and the Bucks don't want that. Like, it, we it, here's the thing that I think people forgot. Like, we saw these two two teams play this season, and Tyreek Hill didn't he have like 195 yards on like three catches or some shit? <laughs> like some crazy shit like that. That's why I was gonna say Tampa Bay's not gonna play bumper run. They they, they can't play up close. So, you know, passing interference for them is going to have to be something down the field. It's not going to be holding. They want to play a zone just like the Bills played the zone. But, you know, unlike the Bills, they don't have great DBs. They don't have any good corners out there that's going to be, you know, at least decent in the zone. So that's why they hold you. <laughs> they hope the ref don't call it. <laughs> then the only thing about the Chiefs is they're missing, I think, three offensive linemen. So they got three backups on there. And the Bucks, the Bucks have a decent pass rush, so that's going to keep it interesting, I think, for for a little bit longer than we than we all expect. This is true. This is true. So switching gears from the game, um, we uh, did we talk about that trade last week? I can't even remember. Had it happened yet? Which one? Which trade? The Stafford golf trade. Nah, no, no, nah, we didn't talk about because it, it happened like the next day. Yeah, so uh, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff got traded, and so Matt Stafford's on the Rams. Um, I mean, I understand why the Rams did it. Uh, Going for broke. I mean, they ain't got no choice. Like, they, they don't have no choice. They need a they need a competent quarterback because they have two great players on defense, but like, you still got to score points in the playoffs. Like, they're I mean, we just saw they had a chance to beat Aaron Rodgers, but one of their star players was hurt, and they didn't have a quarterback that was exactly was going to scare the Packers to be like, you know what, we need to make sure we do because. And I mean, we'll get to see with Matt Stafford, but like, I kind of understand the I don't want to deal with lottery tickets. Like, they hit two out of three of their first round picks. And then they had to get rid of two out of three. So I could understand the hesitation to be like, ah, you know what? If we get these these proven stars, I'd rather take a shot with them than worrying about a rookie. Now, the person who comes after these people, the GM and coach after this, they're not going to like that because uh, <laughs> they ain't going to to rebuild. But uh, this current group, like, it's not like they're not building a solid team, but 
even as good as a, or as much of an upgrade as Stafford is over golf, like he's no, it, he's not the best quarterback in the division, and he's probably not the second best quarterback in the division. And depending on what shakes out in San Fran, he might they still might end up with the worst quarterback in the division if Deshaun Watson like finagles his way to San Fran. That's not bad though. That's not bad because you. No, I know. It's. I mean, it's not bad. Like the gap is closer than it would have been with golf, if that shakes out that way. How healthy is Stafford? Like, is his shoulder all right? Is he? Yeah. It's better than golf. It don't matter. (laughs) That's that's true. And they they're running that franchise straight like an online Madden franchise because they, like you said, they like (laughs) give me the proven guy right now. They'll be all right if they trade their stars a little early. So the only thing about it, you know, they're packing stars. The salary cap's going to kind of screw them sooner or later. And they don't have a lot of depth. But if they're smart about it, if they if they trade, they probably want to keep um, um, Aaron Donald to whenever. But if you trade Jalen Ramsey, like maybe a year before when somebody else could be like, oh, yeah, I can get two, three years out of them. Mm-hmm. And you get, you know, first round pick or you can get like offensive lineman or something that you need back in return and that'll be all right. But yeah, I mean, you got to go for broke just the way that they've been running the franchise. Like the picks that they would have had or whatever in a couple of years, uh, you know. If they weren't going to be good because they're a playoff team. And, you know, you definitely want to get a proven player versus wasting time trying to figure out if the guy you picked is good. So it's all about, for me, the Rams, how they run uh, their upcoming salary cap issues and how they perform as far as keeping everybody healthy uh, down the stretch. Because, I mean, it doesn't make any sense if, we do all this and then Aaron Donald's hurt. You're not going to win. So if they can keep everybody healthy and, and, and uh, Matthew Stafford is pretty good. Like we all think he should be. I think they, they, they probably will be contenders in NFC, like maybe the favorites. I mean, McVay feels like he can get the most out of his quarterback. So when, cause golf was a rookie when golf was a rookie, McVay wasn't there, right? Correct. And he, he was trash. Like quarterback we've ever seen. He was horrific. So I if he I mean he gonna get something out of Stafford. And if he can go to Super Bowl, went to the Super Bowl with golf regardless. So and went to uh won another playoff game this year with golf. So he, he probably yeah, go ahead and roll the dice while you can. And if he if it don't work out, he'll get a job somewhere else. <laughs> this is true. Um, lastly, I want to talk about uh, the other QB situation, which hasn't had any real change in terms of where Deshaun Watson is going. But a lot of people have started, like, giving their opinion, I'll say, on the situation and Deshaun and what he should be doing. And one that came out this week was one, Brent Favre, who um, – said a lot of things, but basically was like, hey, man, we get paid a lot of money and you should just kind of like take the money and roll with it and just pretty much in essence shut up and play, which is hugely ironic for like a bunch of different reasons, but namely because like 
This is the same guy who held the franchise hostage when they were ready to move on to Aaron Rodgers, but they for were years. like in the grace World. and for years, like not just one year, for years. And now he's like, shut up and play. I mean, what do you guys thoughts on that one? <clears throat> just a typical hypocritical get off my lawn guy. Nobody asked you, man. Just go put your Wranglers on. Go, go get on your rotten lawnmower and shut up, man. You ain't helping nobody talk going around talking like that. That man. So what basically he didn't want to go to camp, so he just pretend like he's gonna retire for for a couple of years. Then finally got traded, got mad he didn't get traded within a division, acting like he wouldn't go play again after they moved on from him, asked for his release instead of retiring, then went to Minnesota. I'm like, okay, that's that's how you feel. Just, just strung along as long as he could. Like, he did. He say something stupid like, "You get paid a lot of money, people don't listen to you." Like, like that. That's not. That's not how this works. <laughs> Actually, like, I mean, like the only reason people listen to Jerry Jones is because he got a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no other reason. Just, uh, just a lot of. I don't. I don't know why he even said anything. Like yeah. I understand they asked him that question, but I mean it's Deshaun Watson. Like I don't think he, Brett Favre knows him, so it was like, why are you even speaking about the situation? The answer should be, "Well, man, that's that's his situation. That's his problem. That's his thing he got going on. I, I reserve all of that to him because he knows a lot more than I do about it. Like why are you even why even comment on it? Why even say anything?" You know, yeah. I, I I I listened to uh, Stephen A. Stephen A. had a good point. I don't think it's I don't think it's racial, but I do think it's it's something about how much money that he's making. I don't think it's because it's Deshaun Watson and he's black, but I do think it's because he's making a lot more money than when I made when I was playing. So if I was getting that money when I was playing, I would just shut up and play. So. Mm-hmm. I, it is old man, get off my lawn type of stuff, and so, a little bit jealous about the money. So, here's why I think I it's racist, racial. And unless I see a full transcript that says otherwise, right before Deshaun Washington actually get traded, there was another guy who signed a big contract who wanted out of his former team. One, Mr. Carson Wentz. I don't recall him. He could have said Carson Wentz as well, but. Suddenly Carson Wentz has died down and we kind of forgot about it because they gave in to him and they fired they fired the coach and brought in somebody. But Carson Wentz was also asking to be traded. And Carson Wentz is in a lot worse situation. And I don't – Ben Favre didn't bring him up. Ben Favre didn't include him in the you make a lot of money because he easily could have, to your point. But he only chose to just – I, I don't think they asked him about Carson Wentz. So but that's but my you know thing I mean? is if hard. it's a if it's not a racial thing, like then it's a a young quarter or people making money thing, and you then you line up people to prove your point. Like if you only going after one person, it kind of seems like. But see, his point was to shut up and 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 take the money. Carson Wentz wasn't doing that; he was ready to leave. As the same thing as they ended as up, Watson. The organization ended up doing stuff for him. They canceled the coach rather than him. So 
I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that's like in the framework of him saying it's I, the money. Look at Carson Wentz. I blame that on the media more than I blame that on Favre because they just letting Wentz slide now and giving Watson all the attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you can say that's yeah. racial. Watson. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to talk on that, and uh, I think now we can slide over to the to the NBA. Um, <laughs> man, oh man, the uh, <laughs> I mean, so many places we could start. Um, I guess we'll start off with the the team that everyone's going to talk about from now until the playoffs, the Nets. Uh, after giving up a hundred. And damn near 150 points in in a regulation 48 minutes to the Wizards, they came out and beat the Clippers, which tells me like, I mean they just they just buying their time like they not yeah. tripping off certain games like they know when it's time to step it up. Like for me, like somebody said that like some games matter more than others during the regular season and. This was a game against the Clippers. They hadn't played the Clippers. Definitely after giving up damn near 150 points, they had to come out and show it. And they played a much more respectable game. And it wasn't like the Clippers played a bad game. Like Paul George and Ka- uh, Kawhi was hitting their shots. Like they played a good game. It's just we just saw what the Nets are about. Like their firepower are, is too much, and they get just enough stops to eke out a 12 12- a 12-point run before you look up and you're like, damn, we was just up two. Now we're down 14. What the fuck happened? So I think, like, this that game gave me more like, okay, I mean, who got the offense to beat them four out of seven times? <laughs> That's, I just keep coming back to that. I just don't see it. Not from anybody in the East. Yeah, man. But did anybody have any high expectations for Kawhi or PG locking up Anybody stopping anybody? Because it looked like they, no matter who's guarding them, they're going to do whatever they want. Like, uh, was it Durant? Durant only missed two shots. <laughs> like, he he, uh, he only took 13. Like, we're old, Louis. I find this real interesting. It's like, they, it's like they're deferring to Kyrie. Like, Durant is cool just getting all his easy buckets and just letting everybody else cook. I told y'all that's how it's gonna run. Y'all didn't want to listen to me though. <laughs> Harden's gonna be the point. They just gonna let you know Kyrie shoot whenever you want to shoot, but when it comes down to it, you give it to KD. This is how it's gonna go. Look, I'll admit I was not. I did not see Harden putting up this kind of facilitation role. Like, not not that I not that he couldn't do it. I just thought, look, man, you gave him eight years of just running the show. You know, I was I mean, wrong. I was he wrong. Was still, he was facilitating then. He would have like a bunch of 40 point games, but he would still have like 10 assists, 11, yeah, 12 assists. But it's, to me, it's just a different thing where it's like, I am the center of the universe, where it's more of like, I'm captaining a ship. Like, one thing is like, everything moves when I move, where it's more like, I'm running this ship, and if I don't keep this ship on the road, the ship falls off the road. Is and people then looking at me like better people looking at me, or I don't know. I just it just look it feels different to me. It feels different than like 
uh, every shot is his shot to take. It's more like, no, sometimes, like, you know, you just not getting a shot for a couple minutes because these motherfuckers is hot. There was never a time in Houston where it was like, yo, Eric Gordon is hot. James Harden is just going to come give him the goal, facilitate the offense to give him the ball. Nope, it was, I'm going to pass you the ball and go stand in the corner. Oh, no, no, no. All right, you're right. You go at Houston, Houston, Nate. Houston. I mean, it was times, like, you know, he had he ran, like they ran the offense, pick and roll. Steve Nash offense. He was Steve Nash. So it was, the, the problem was, he was the main scorer as well. So if things broke down, he went to the screen and roll, nothing was there, he would bring it out, and then it was ISO. So it made it look like he had the ball, he was doing everything, but it was actually, he was the point guard and the scorer. So where, you know, if it was Steve Nash and he had somebody else with him, there was a point where, like Joe Johnson, there was a point where pick and roll didn't work out, you pass it over to Joe Johnson, and then you let him do something. But James Harden was Joe Johnson and Steve Nash. That was the only thing. And he really enjoyed playing point guard when he was at, at, at Houston. That was the thing that he really wanted. And they were he got mad when they traded um who they traded to the Hawks? Um Capella. Capella. He really liked running screen and roll with Capella, just doing them easy lobs to him. And when they traded him, started doing the small ball, that's when he figured out like this is not gonna work. So now that he has other people that he can throw it to, he has two other people that he can throw it to, and he's not the main performer. I know he's happy because he doesn't have to do everything. So I, I, I just don't work. I don't see how it doesn't work. The only thing is they don't play defense. I mean, yeah. But they, so they just, like like uh, P said, they just going to roll the dice, like try to outscore a seven, uh, four out of seven. <laughs> Yeah, they legit got three 40, 50 points uh, scores a game, like three of them. Yeah. So, and then, but like Joe Harris would come up and have like 30 points. He could hit five, six threes in a row. Like, yeah, he had 40 against the Wizards, didn't he? I think uh, he had 30 something if if he didn't have 40. Almost 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's a daunting task to try to do it. And I don't think anyone can really do it. I mean, for me, this Clippers game was a measuring stick to see, like, where the Clippers were and also where the Nets were. Because, like, the Clippers could have easily blown them out by 20. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Easily? I mean, yeah. They First of all, the Clippers were up 10 early in the game. Like, they started out on, like, a 12-2 run. And so... I mean, the Nets, the Nets made enough stops to come back in the game or the Nets bench held it down. Even though I, going, I would think the Clippers have the deeper bench and the better bench, but. I don't think they had a, the same amount of scoring. Like what happened was a couple of guys got, you know, they started missing and then it was like, who's going to score? <laughs> and then it was like, oh no. <laughs> And the whole time, the Nets were like, yeah, we can score, though. <laughs> we can While you figuring out who will score, we going to keep coming down, mm-hmm. hitting threes and passing off. Like, I swear it was like Kyrie, three. Harden layup. Durant, three. And all of a sudden, it was like a one-point game turned into like an 11-point lead. 
And then I looked up again and it was 16 and I was like, oh, wow, this game's over. Wow, what the, all right. I literally just like looked at some emails and like, and the announcer was like, yeah, man, they just, they're on a 22-4 run or some shit. And I'm like, damn, okay. I mean, this is what we're in for. So um, another team I wanted to talk about and they actually played tonight. They beat the uh, Mavericks or the Warriors. So like I told y'all, y'all must have forget. You didn't tell me. I said they was gonna be six. I picked them to be a playoff team. <laughs> all right. I was on I was all in. <laughs> like Steph, and, Steph is a bad man. Bad, bad man. This this was without Wiseman, who's hurt with the wrist injury, and no Looney. So they didn't have a big man. And they still I mean, tonight their bench like really shallow. Like Steph didn't play the fourth quarter. Uber dropped 40, which is probably not going to be a common occurrence every night. But, like, if he gets into his 15 to 25 range, like, that's kind of what they all they need. Wiggins is playing better. Like, I mean, you didn't get 40 from Clay every night. You just need it every now and then. Wiggins is playing better. He actually got some all-star <laughs> votes. So, I'm like, you know, that's what they needed. Wiggins is playing better, and then you know, Ubre is doing something. That's that's enough for make up for Clay, right there. And you know, uh, you know, Curry's the man, but you know, Draymond is the glue. Like they, he holds them together. So, well, yeah, I mean, because he's the only one who knows how to get Steph the ball. So like, and he sets the tone on defense. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, Steph's. I mean. <laughs> same way hard same way hard don't want to like you can't i mean i understand it like it's very hard to do beat i mean you can't you can't bang on hard anymore now because Harden is a better defender than honestly Kyrie. you probably should have never been banging on hard anyway it was just became easy to do so because he had a couple clips where it was like bro what are you doing but honestly you probably never really should have been banging on him because if you're doing everything on offense yeah, you, you ain't really got yeah. time to be fucking down here like being a lockdown defender because honestly, if you don't have the energy in your offense, they're not going to score. So I can understand that, which is why like we saw Kevin Durant get better defense when he went to the Warriors because it was like, hey, if you get tired playing defense, it's okay, buddy. We got you. We got people to take care of that. So go ahead and exert some energy on defense and rebounding. We got you. Where it's like, ah, all right. Other than that, like, I think with Ubre, that's what he's doing better now, too. Rebounding the defense, like, bruh, you not hitting no three. Hey, man, you better be down here getting some steals, getting some easy dunks, getting yourself into the game that way. And so, I mean, we go see because the Mavericks are not playing well. So they were six last year. So that spot's gone. Um, the Jazz are moving up. I think the, the Nuggets, everybody keeps telling me, are getting better. I, I still, I'm still skeptical. Um, the Jazz are top three. Did they win tonight? I think they won tonight as well. A long way to go, man. We got a long way to go. But I, I do think tonight was more of an indictment on the Dallas Mavericks. Because they, because Shaq and, and, and Charles Barkley was going after Pozingas, and I, I was feeling what they were saying. Because like you said, Wiseman was out. And who else you said was out? Like the Wizards didn't, I mean the Wizards, the Warriors didn't have any centers and Porzingis was like failing to post up six, five people 
when he's seven three, seven two, and getting easy shots. So he wanted to, you know, get the ball in the post and then fade away and take step back threes. <laughs> so I I think he has to change his game or everybody else needs to change the game around him. Luca had a, a decent game. It wasn't great. But the Dallas Mavericks fell off. I don't know what it is with them. I think I guess they still not jailed together. But Porzingis, he should have, I mean, he should have dominated tonight. But I don't know. I mean, half his shots were threes. Yeah. He only played 25 minutes. He only had five rebounds. Is he hurt? Like, why is why is his yeah, he was hurt, but he's coming back. I mean, if you had knee injuries, like you ain't really gonna go bang down low. Like that's not the first instinct. This is uh from being hurt last year. Yeah, he got hurt in the bubble. He hurt his knee. Was it meniscus? It was something with his knee. Yeah. But easing him, they easing him back into the lineup. But he don't like. You don't have to bang at seven three. You don't even have to bang. And you got a, a decent touch. Like you just baby hook or something, just a little fade away. Back up to the ass or something. Like, you know, I ain't talking about Shaq. You ain't Yo, gotta back nobody down. The tallest like, player listed was Draymond Green. Draymond Green was the only power forward. Wow. That played. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Draymond's six seven, six six, maybe. Maybe six, six six. Yeah. So yeah, uh Pascal didn't play. Sore right knee, Looney, sprain left ankle, Wiseman, sprain left uh, wrist. Everybody else is either shoot point guard, shooting guard, or small forward. I mean, at the most, the 6'7 is the, the tallest person guarding 7'2. Like, yeah. what? I don't understand. That's uh, that's a mentality, then. That ain't, that ain't. So, do we think, um, is Carlisle going to be on the hot seat? No, no man. Porzingis was hurt and the COVID and all that crap. Carlisle's still a good coach, man. It's just well, I mean, I'm, you don't have to be a bad coach to know that sometimes you just need to leave a place. I think Doc Rivers is from last year is a good example of that. Nobody said Doc wasn't a good coach, but like I'm I mean Carlisle Carl been there like, for a while too, man. That's what I'm saying. Like he's just been there for a minute. It just might be time for something fresh. I mean, like, it happened to him in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, essentially. So I mean, yeah. I I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Um I'm trying to think, was there something else that interests me in the NBA? Oh, yeah, this atrocity. But I say the monstrosity of an all-star game idea. Like I just I don't get it. Why? If they can't, if they can't exchange jerseys after the game or hang out after the game, have you watched the all-star game in the past 20 years? It's only like 12 minutes of actual basketball. Everything else is just dunk contests and you walking up and down the court with your homies chatting. Like that's literally have you what watched it is. All-Star weekend. Well, I think they said they go condense it down to like one day. No. Oh no, no. I'm just. Oh. What about the festivities outside of the arena? Well, this, even they, the, they're doing it in Atlanta. You think the you think the celebrities and whatnot? They're not gonna be having parties and. Well, even might... with the stuff in Atlanta, they just got like, nah, like you can't go. You can. 
only go to different areas, like only go to different players. And you can't like, yeah, it's a lot of different stuff. Like you can't, you can't go international. Like you can't travel international during an all-star break. But you can go to Hawaii. Mm, I think that was on, I'm pretty sure. Hawaii, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Don't know that's a good idea. And just, you might as well quarantine all the strippers right now in Atlanta because it's going down. Well, you know they can't publicize it, but they're probably going to have a place where, like, (laughs) they bring those people in. Like, let's just be honest. Like, they're not going to publicize it and put it in the details that they give to ESPN and the news sites, but you better believe the NBA is tuned into their players where it's like, uh, for four hours after the game, this is where you're going to go. This is who's going to be there. They're all going to be tested. Blase, blase. This is under wraps. Lou, Lou Williams' uh, wings will be there, so don't don't try to order out. Right. <laughs> Bring those cooks there. <laughs> but I just don't see the point of it. Um, like, let's. Uh, I mean, I see, I see the point. Like, just a couple extra dollars. How you? Does Atlanta does the Atlanta have uh, people in the stands? T- TV, the Hawks, TV money. Yeah, but you uh, advertising dollars. I don't know. I guess I don't. I guess, but most of the money I thought was made from like people in the stands, like the gates, and this I is didn't true. think the All Star Game was like a. Uh, is that that doesn't count to one of the seventy two games? No. So I don't see the point. If everybody's trying to get to this magic number of 72, why are we doing the game that puts those 72 in jeopardy? And, I mean, it, it, I guess get the N- NBA more buzz after the NFL is done. Because you know how the NFL is. They're not going to stop. There's nothing else going on, though. There's nothing else going on. No, they're just going to be start building up on the draft and, and breaking news with – so your your counter to that is to try to be breaking news for having your star players can't be able to play for two <laughs> weeks after this exhibition game that no fans are even going to be at? All right, man, I'm, I'm done. It don't make sense. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> NFL didn't even have a Pro Bowl. It was like, look, y'all get on here and show your old goddamn highlights. Like, you don't even show your old highlights. That's what you're going to do. And we go call it a Pro Bowl. Get your get your old highlights queued up, and they talking about going to play a game together. Like the NFL could have really rolled the dice and be like, you know what, we go bring them to a stadium somewhere and just let them run some routes. Because you know what, after this weekend, ain't no more football. So like, if they catch it, they could quarantine. And they said, you know what, we not even going to do that. And the NBA, who's in the middle of a season that they haven't yet got through, like. We go do an exhibition all star game, and we go put Absolutely. it in a place that everybody has seen. Ain't been caring about the pandemic since the shit started. <laughs> That's what we go decide to hold it. As a matter of fact, we just almost had to kick somebody out of our bubble because he wanted to get some wings that are named after him. But we all go watch the train wreck. Like, yeah. <laughs> we I mean, the Su- Super Bowl is in Tampa with 25,000 people. Yeah. I don't think that makes sense either. <laughs> no. They just don't go out with a bang. 
They said the club in Tampa is popping tomorrow night. <laughs> Sorry. It's open. It. Florida, it's Florida. It's open. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this in, in this regard, the NFL is taking a, a page out of Major League Baseball book. Look, if we get through this final game, if three people test positive on Monday, Tuesday, hey, season's done, baby, because that's definitely what happened with the Dodgers. Like, oh, yeah, you are you got an inclusive. Come off the jump. We won. Damn, because if game seven would have been tomorrow, <laughs> oh, oh, buddy, we got some contact tracing issues there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to let that go, huh? No. The Dodgers won. <laughs> As a, as a national fans, no, I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> Dodgers won the World Series. Let it go. <coughs> so, I mean, you know, they did win it. Just, I'm glad they got one. Um, now Clayton Kershaw could, and this provides a good segue, could take his uh, his rightful place among, you know, uh, pitcher goats. Like, honestly, they, no one can no longer say his playoff performance has been subpar. Um, which again, I said a good segue because now we can go right into our goat talk for this week. Um, does anyone want to go first? I, I have mine. I think it's a, a pretty good one. Go ahead and knock that out. Yeah, go go ahead. <laughs> All right. So um, my goat talk for this week is one Serena Williams uh, with the Australian opening starting Sun Monday. Yeah, Monday, so like late Sunday for us. Um, and also she put up a video, I think it was today or yesterday, but today of uh, showing off her trophy room or one of her trophy rooms. And for me, it was just a reminder of like the longevity that she has had and the dominance of a sport that like one she has, but then she has shared with her sister where like they've just dominated the sport since the previous millennium. Like that, that like they were in tennis in nineteen ninety-nine. And so like to watch them be over twenty years in the sport That's insane. where there were rumors of they were gonna quit the sport to go pursue other interests and do fact nope, nope, still here dominating, still here kicking your ass, winning a tournament while being pregnant. Like, I mean it's just what we're seeing is like such dominance across. And I, I think it translates to all sports. Like I'm not going to argue with anyone who says she's the greatest athlete of all time. Like, I just, I don't see how you can, like, she's just been dominant at every sport. She's handled almost every foe up until um, recently. Cause I think Naomi Osaka is just like a force to be reckoned with, but like, that's what goats do. They they birth and breathe other goats to come want to be like them. And then if they're that good, they are they get to face them in the battle. So I just think for me, like I try to watch her every chance I get, because as I've gotten older, I just understand like when you're watching greatness, like it just doesn't come along like that. And mm-hmm. you should appreciate it. And think so I mean, if you call yourself a sports fan, soak in it as much as you can because you're not you're not guaranteed to see something like what we're seeing with Serena Williams and women tennis. So my go for this week is uh, Serena Williams and I will be tuning into that Australia open and hopefully see her catch that, uh, 
get that market court record. That's cool. To piggyback on that just a little bit, I don't have a goat, but uh, shout out to Venus because she was no slouch. And let's just say we never heard of we never heard of Serena. Like if she didn't have a sister, we'd still be putting Venus up there. I don't, I don't know about the greatest, but she's you know she'd still be easily top five, easily. And I'm I just I say shout out to her because I don't I I doubt if if Serena is this dominant without her because that's a hell of a person to practice against, man. Golly, just having at your disposal twenty four seven. Like I I gotta beat her like. But think about that mental fortitude. Like, think about like we know the the matches we've seen in the like tournaments for finals. But imagine a backyard. Imagine we just down at the tennis court learning, or we just practice and playing against each other. Because you know, I mean, Venus probably smacked her around a good number of times. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, she smacked her around it in uh, actual tournaments. In the beginning, Serena yeah, in the beginning. Faster. In the beginning, in the but beginning. that's what I'm saying. Like in the beginning, that's probably a lot where like. Venus and I mean not Venus Serena and like having that like never give up attitude because like to finally like beat her sister I imagine it's probably like one of those like analogy of beating your pops in basketball <laughs> like it's like put, two years it's like two years difference right or is it yeah one? two years difference so here's the difference between with, with that and you can hear like a lot of a lot of athletes say yeah my brother used to beat me in the backyard uh, my pops used to beat me in the backyard. Problem is they didn't play in the NBA, or they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Venus was a champion, and you yeah. had to be her. Just very true, very true. So, man, I actually can't wait. There's a, a movie coming out. Is I think who's playing their dad? I think Will Smith. But oh, wow. there's a movie coming out um, about them and their dad and. You know, so I'm actually interested in seeing that. I'm more like, uh, you know, I like seeing the, the positive movie these days. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so who who put that list out? I saw a list somewhere like uh, black movies without trauma, like they had a top. Yeah, I just saw that. But like, <laughs> did they watch the movies? Because some of those movies they put up there definitely had trauma <laughs> in them. I'm like, did they really watch this movie? Like, Poetic Justice was up there, and I'm like. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, that's trauma all the movie. Like, <laughs> isn't, isn't that thought kind of the premise of the movie? Like, they riding cross country in the truck because they kind of each escaped their own type of trauma. Wasn't that the movie? <laughs> like, along the way, they have these things to help them. Like, cousin, it was a wedding because didn't they get in an argument right before they showed up at the at the cookout? <laughs> maybe I was maybe I was watching a different movie. But yeah, and then he put his hands on her after the cookout. Like that's yeah, not traumatic. Leave that one out. I mean, if you watch it, you know, you know it was a traumatizing movie. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think people just put lists, and it's like, oh, this sounds good. That's I seen a lot of memes from this movie. I guess it fits. People get a lot of it out the memes. Had a nice happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Anyone else with the goat, Steve? You got one. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, yeah I, I got. Uh, it's Black History Month, so I, I went back in the archives mm-hmm. and uh, received a meme from this gentleman. So I decided to go ahead and make him the goat. Uh, so the guy is 
Frederick Douglass Pollard. We call him Fritz. And he was the first African-American quarterback and first African-American coach in pro football. So technically this was before the NFL. And in 1920, uh, 1919, he played for the Akron pros. He was quarterback, running back, all pro, everything. He did it all. And in 1921, he became the coach of that team. He only played for eight seasons, but back then, I don't, you know, I, I think that was the max of your, your career anyway. <laughs> um, but he was born in 1894, passed away in 1986. And he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2005. And his uh, grandson put him in there. So um, happy Black History Month. First African-American quarterback, Fritz Pollard. Go. Yes. Uh, I guess I, I I guess I do have one. I forgot about this. Steve just reminded me. So I'm gonna piggyback on him. Uh his name was James uh Shaq Harris, quarterback for the uh Rams. He was the first uh black quarterback to start a season opener and to start and win an NFL playoff game. So shout out to James Harris. Okay, James Harris, indeed. Because I never heard of him before today. Shaq Harris. I was like, wow, they don't, uh, they don't really want to mention. Of course not. Mention these guys. Goes against the narrative that uh, black UBs can't win. So. And uh, like Doug Williams, he went to uh, Grambling. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> All right then. So, um, shout out to the both of those entries on Black History Month related. And I mean, honestly, Shereen Williams is kind of her own Black History Month segment um, herself. But um, I don't think I forgot anything sports-wise, did I, gentlemen? No, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, So uh, as always, gentlemen, thank thank you for hopping on. Um, And for the listeners, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, peace. All right.